Hi, and welcome to Traditional Medicine Podcast. I am your host, Carl Lovick. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the ayahuasca online community. In a recent poll conducted in an ayahuasca online community with more than 60,000 members, less than half thought that it was absolutely necessary to listen to indigenous people regarding their own traditions and medicines. So in today's episode, we're going to be sorting through all of that. We're going to discuss what it looks like to see invalidation and discrimination of indigenous people in their own spaces. And we're going to be talking about the dangers of these attitudes and behaviors running rampant in these online communities. We're also going to talk about what we can do to try to curb this trend. Now, if this is the first time that you're tuning into this podcast, let me tell you a little bit about what you can expect to hear. Here we talk all things Amazonian and high Andean healing traditions of Peru. For over nine years, I've been volunteering for various healers. And for more than half of that time, I have been volunteering for Amazonian and high Andean Kiro healers of Peru. This podcast really aims to distill all that experience, all that knowledge so that you could feel closer to these traditions. And if you're looking for authentic, traditional indigenous healing, but don't know where to look, go ahead and check out Traditional Medicine Miami.com, we work on a very special project with the Kiro community to connect their world-renowned healers with the people who need them. So send us a message. We'd be happy to connect you. So let's get started with today's episode. We're going to get right into that poll that I had brought up in the beginning of the episode. So I went into an online community with about 64,000 members in it. And, um, and I put a poll together and it was really simple. I asked them, what do you think about the information traditional indigenous healers have told us about ayahuasca? And almost 2,000 people saw the poll, but only 106 people decided to vote. Now, the results were this. About 45% said that we should definitely listen to them about their own innovations. No question about it. And then you had 30, about 32% that said, maybe. Some things you should listen to, other things you shouldn't listen to, but ultimately I am going to decide because I know better. And then you had about 17% that said, I don't know, either way seems fine to me, I guess. And then we had almost 6% say, you don't have to listen to them. What do they know about their own tradition, medicine, whatever, especially about that spiritual stuff? Definitely pass on that. So basically, more than half of the people who answered the poll for this online group believed that they should not be listening to traditional indigenous healers regarding their own tradition and medicine. Now, of course, they vary in degrees. Some people feel like absolutely nothing they say about their own medicines and traditions is valid, especially that spiritual stuff. And others thought, well, it's not really a big deal if we listen to them or not. So um, I've been really curious about this group. And so I also put a poll together to find out who was in that group. Who were we listening to? So almost 800 people answered the poll. And this is what we found out. Less than 1% were traditional indigenous healers who were born and raised in that culture. Then you had the business partners, employees, volunteers, apprentices that are working very closely with the traditional indigenous healers, and they come out at 1.5%. Then you had the practitioners who had trained with a traditional indigenous healer. Now, how far they got into that education, we don't know. We don't know how much they mastered it, but we know that at least they took the time to learn from these healers. And that group came in at a 1.8%. So between these three groups in total, we're talking about 3.9%. 
These are the people that are really going to understand this medicine, this tradition a lot better and have the opportunity to amplify traditional indigenous healers and their voices when they are not present in these spaces. Then in that group, you had the neo-shamans, which were almost 4% of the group. So these are people who use the medicine and don't have any training at all whatsoever in this tradition. And the rest of the group, 44%, were people who had drank ayahuasca once, maybe more times. And then you had about 48% who did not belong to any of these categories, likely because they've never drank ayahuasca before and were probably there just to learn and hang out. So what are these polls really telling us? Well, they're saying that more than half of the group doesn't really care to listen to traditional indigenous healers regarding their own medicine, regarding their own traditions to various degrees, but that is really what's happening. And it's also telling us that a very small percentage actually has the information that we need to understand the tradition, to understand the medicine from the perspective of a traditional indigenous healer. This really illustrates the colossal problem that we are facing in these online communities. I'm going to share with you some real stories that I have that is hopefully going to illustrate to you how dangerous it is to allow these attitudes and behaviors to run rampant in these online communities. And we're going to start out with the least severe and then we're going to work from there. So while I was volunteering at my first ayahuasca center, I had encountered something uh, many, many times. I had encountered guests demanding, okay, demanding more ayahuasca from the healers. Pretty much every time I see someone do this, they'll follow it up with, I've done so many more drugs, like so much crazy heroic levels of these drugs that I need the most. Like I need more than most because I can handle it and, you know, and it goes on and on and it's really cringy. And the healer is like, okay, um, this doesn't work the same way. And this person is like, well, it's just like every other drug. This is how they feel. And this is where it's a problem that you don't understand these traditions, that you don't understand these medicines. When a healer is giving you a dose, it is for a good reason. It is for your greater good. They are facilitating these very important things that are happening for you. And when you tell them to give you more, when you tell them what to do, and you're asking them to override those things, it's really, really scary. I've seen guests get a no from a healer and go all the way to the ayahuasca center owner and try to get them to do what they want and say, I am paying, so I should be able to do whatever it is that I want. And the healer will say, listen, you could die if I give you the wrong dose. And I don't want to be responsible for that. I want to help you. I don't want to injure you. You can't have like a gallon of ayahuasca. And this would really happen on a regular basis. And me and the healers would just look at each other and we're like, what do we do? It was just a giant wall between us and them. And this wall was created by arrogance, by entitlement, by lack of respect and lack of humility. And it was so tough to reach that person that we were just uh, we were just at a loss for words. We didn't know what to do to make it better. When people feel that um, that they know more than the healers, that they know more about these traditions and medicines than they actually do, it really, really gets scary. 
And it's not just the Amazonian traditions that have to deal with this. It's also the high Andean healing traditions as well. One time while I was hanging out with the Kiro, there was a man who wanted to stay in an area that the Kiro had warned about. This place was a place with a lot of power, but also it was very dangerous. Even the Kiro, whenever they had to stay at this place, they always brought at least five Kiros to stay together. There was a Kiro child who actually lost their life there. This is how dangerous this place can be. And they always warned us about this place. Anybody that was there, um, they would make sure to uh, ensure that they knew exactly what this was about. And when they talked about it, I can see that they were just visually uneased by this place. And uh, I knew that it was very serious. So... Uh, they would tell us, if you are going to stay in this area, please have at least five people there with you. Um, do not stay there longer than maybe a night, two nights, three nights. Um, and that's it. Please be very careful. So back to the person that wanted to stay there at that site. When they heard the warning, they didn't take it as a warning. They took it as a challenge. Their thoughts were, well, I'm cut from a different cloth. I'm a very powerful person and somehow I'm going to be able to do what these masters and these medicines and these sciences were not able to do. And I think this false confidence came from the fact he had abilities. This man was like a neo-shaman, a new age person. He was involved in this world. However, he lacked the experience to really know what mastery looks like in these sciences, in these traditions. So he felt he had reached the mountaintop with whatever it is that he had going on and he was really far from it. Also, it didn't help that this person was what we would consider uh, very bright in our uh, modern society. He had mastered the uh, academic world and that paradigm and he was able to do intellectual gymnastics all over the place. So he thought, well, since I was smart enough to master that paradigm, I'm sure that this one is going to be a breeze. Now, this may sound absolutely ridiculous to anybody with some common sense. But again, these are the kinds of attitudes. These are the kinds of behaviors that are circulating, that are running rampant in these online communities that have been put together by people in modern societies. And that is why I am bringing this up. So two weeks into this person's experiment, uh, after staying there for two weeks, this person had to be rushed to the hospital. They ended up in the ICU on a ventilator, in a coma, and a week and a half after this person was no longer with us, they were deceased. This was an absolute tragedy that could have been prevented. It did not need to happen because if he would have just had some humility, he would have been saved from this outcome. And it was just really, really sad. His family had to deal with this. All this could have been prevented with a little bit of humility. There was another situation in that same trip where something very similar happened. We went to go and visit a sacred site, a waterfall that only the Kiro knew about. We go and visit these very sacred and powerful places because it helps us learn about this tradition. However, because these sites are so powerful, it's really only a place that very experienced people should enter. And when you are learning, you're definitely not that person. So you want to make sure that you're always going into these places with maestros, with people who understand what is happening. So if anything were to happen, they can intervene and stabilize the situation. So as we're walking back 
after visiting this beautiful, powerful waterfall. We are headed back down and we get word that someone had fainted. So upon hearing this, Akira Maestro rushes as fast as they can to this person. As they reach this person, there is another individual about six feet tall, waving them away, saying, I got this. And so immediately the Kiro Maestra has to push this person out of the way so that she can get to that person she needs to help. Now, this was another neo-shaman person looking to learn about this world who had some ability and felt he was at the top of the mountain. He felt like a master. Can you imagine lacking that much self-awareness and humility that you are telling one of the most talented healers, one of the most talented wisdom keepers on this planet that you have got it? This was really bad and could have easily turned into another preventable disaster. The correct answer would have been to make way for the most talented healer to address such a delicate situation. After she was stabilized, after we got back to uh, the place where we were staying, I was talking to the Kiro and I was listening to them speak about this situation. And she had mentioned to us, you know, this person was dying. I could see their vital force leaving their body. And if I wouldn't have pushed this person out of the way, if I wouldn't have reacted, this person would not be here today. We asked why it had happened, and it was because this person was not focused. Remember, these places are really only meant for very advanced practitioners. The only reason why we go to these places is because we are being supervised. We are being guided by maestros, by masters of these traditions and medicines. And I can really go on and on and on about the stories. But here's the point. This is where those attitudes and behaviors lead to. They lead to very dangerous situations. At the very least, they are providing the environment that fosters, that encourages these very dangerous situations to occur. And they're never going to lead you to a wiser you. You are never going to get better if you feel that you have already reached the mountaintop, if you never explore what actual mastery looks like in these sciences, in these traditions. It is sort of like knives in the hands of chefs, in the hands of wood carvers. Wow, some incredible things can happen. But you don't want to give knives to children because it would be incredibly dangerous. Is there a way for these children to one day become incredible wood carvers or incredible chefs? Of course, but every good chef, every good wood carver had to have enough humility to know that they needed to learn from someone. They needed to learn technique. They needed to learn discipline. They needed to follow someone who had already achieved greatness and go in that path. But if you lack humility, if you lack that kind of self-awareness, then it's just going to be dangerous. So now let's talk about invalidation of indigenous people. We even have microaggressions expressing themselves in these online groups. And they're really happening because people are really narrow-minded. They believe that the paradigm in which modern society operates from is the only valid paradigm for seeing the world. It is the only one in their eyes that can lead to truth that is actually helpful to tackling problems, to seeing the world. But the truth of the matter is that whether or not you understand the paradigm, the framework in which traditional indigenous healers operate from, they have more than validated that paradigm by the amount of people that they have been able to help because of that paradigm. 
It is thousands upon thousands upon thousands. If you go to any reputable ayahuasca center, you will see it. It is a never-ending amount of positive reviews of this particular paradigm being able to solve problems that the other modern paradigm could not. And the documentaries and the amount of research and curiosity also only continues to validate that this paradigm is absolutely valid and very important, in fact, to understand. It's because it's accurate that we have these results and that it even exists, that it's been worthy of being passed down from generation to generation since pre-Columbian times. You know, but let's be honest, those people that are very set on invalidating traditional indigenous healers and their paradigm there's not enough results that they can really show them because this is probably stemming from discrimination against indigenous people. Because unless they start to act like you, you're not going to think they're good enough. Unless they're using your paradigm, they're not good enough, and so on and so forth. And really, you're just shooting yourself in the foot because this paradigm being different is exactly why it's incredible. It's why it's answering questions that the other paradigm cannot seem to answer. And in addition, it's just really odd, okay? Because if we pride ourselves of our modern society, then we would pride ourselves in the values that this modern society has. We believe everyone has a right to be free from discrimination, whether in or outside of the workplace. We place such importance on this value in our modern society that we've even put laws into place to protect people from being ill-treated because of their culture, ancestry, language, color, etc., etc. When we are talking about traditional indigenous people and their cultures, we have to consider that paradigm in which that culture operates from. It is very different from ours, okay? Indigenous communities such as the Kiro community and certain indigenous Amazonian communities operate from a very different paradigm than ours. They learn and speak to sacred mountains, sacred plants, Mother Earth, waterfalls, etc. And these sacred beings are always considered in community activities. It is because of this paradigm that all of these innovations that our modern society is currently benefiting from are possible. So please do not destroy it. (laughs) Do not invalidate it. Protect it. Amplify the voices of traditional indigenous healers and their paradigm because we need this paradigm too and all of the innovations that are possible because of it. Yet even with these results, Indigenous people are faced with microaggressions and micro-invalidations, even in the communities they have pioneered and created. It is really unfair and incredibly short-sighted for people that pride themselves of being bright, to say the least. So what can we do to curb this dangerous trend? The number one thing we can do is be aware and educate ourselves regarding what is happening. When you see micro-invalidations, microaggressions being tossed around in the direction of traditional indigenous healers and their communities, call it out. Let people reflect on the dangers that that kind of attitude and behaviors can lead to. The second thing that you can do is to amplify the voices of traditional indigenous healers because they represent less than 1% of the people in these groups. If you can't find enough traditional indigenous healers' voices to amplify in that online group, then get together with the people who have learned with them and who work directly with these traditional indigenous healers. They will likely only make up about 2% of the group, but something is better than nothing. 
they are people from modern society who have taken the time to sit with traditional indigenous healers and hear their voices and understand where they're coming from. Remember, these traditions and medicines are a treasure of humanity that we must work to protect. We cannot be diluting it. We cannot be allowing these traditions and medicines to be diluted because it might seem fun right now, but generation after generation after, we're going to continue to dilute that tradition and those medicines until there's nothing really left for the people that actually want to learn in the future. And we're going to need that wisdom in times to come. We don't need what neo-shamans are telling us. We don't need what psychonauts are finding out about these medicines. What we really, really are going to need is the wisdom of these wisdom keepers and of these healers and of these traditions. Many psychonauts and neo-shamans believe that it is psychedelics that is going to save the world that it is these physical medicines that are going to save this world. But in reality, the world wouldn't need such strong medicines if it only understood what these traditions were trying to teach. If you could only learn how to walk this path, you wouldn't have to use your body as some sort of science experiment, always trying out a new drug, always taking heroic doses of these psychedelics and never finding satisfaction. You're not finding satisfaction because although you think you're growing because you're getting a glimpse of this world, of these beautiful things, you are not actually growing. You're just getting a peek, but because you haven't actually followed this path correctly under supervision, getting the energetics that you need to grow, to blossom into the individual that you were meant to become and to be the medicine to this world that you were always meant to be. You're always going to feel unsatisfied until you reach that. You're going to be like, well, maybe I need to smoke DMT another 40 times. Maybe then I'll feel satisfied. Or maybe I have to do another heroic dose of insert drug here. And maybe then I'll be able to break uh, into that, that level of satisfaction that I'm looking for. But the truth of the matter is that it's a lie. And you know this, you really do. You know it deep inside, it's a lie because you never are satisfied. Now with that said, your desire to explore, your uh, inability to conform uh, to what is happening, your, uh, your calling to something new, something different, you feel like there's something that's not quite complete in how modern society is operating. This is so good. We're so happy you feel this because you are on the right path. Now, the only thing is you are not in this alone and you have to understand that just because you came from a society in disarray where you couldn't trust people, where people weren't giving you the answers, where maybe you couldn't trust your elders does not mean that you cannot step into this world where you can trust people, where people are there for you. But in order for you to even begin to walk this path, you need to find humility. You need to learn this virtue because without these virtues, you are not going to be able to unlock these doors. So with that said, that is the end of today's episode. I hope that you walk away with something new. I hope that you understand where these microaggressions, micro-invalidations come from and lead to. They are very, very dangerous and we don't need to go there. Um, if you want to grow, there are healers, there are wisdom keepers that are here to help guide you, but they cannot help you if you think you know everything. 
If you're on Instagram, go ahead and follow us. We love making new friends. We are Traditional Medicine Miami. And of course, you can check out our website, traditionalmedicinemiami.com and send us a message if there's anything we could do to help. Thank you so much for spending time with me. And I hope that you're having a great day or night. And we get to spend some time again soon. 